Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is the solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. Well, good afternoon and evening to you out there listening to us live and those of you who are going to join us later uh, as uh, podcast listeners. Just want to welcome everyone to Perkins Platform. If this is your first broadcast, just want to encourage you to go back. We got 11 years of broadcast out there in cyberspace, so please be sure and go back and listen. Had some great uh, authors and and thought partners over the years, and today is no exception. Uh, I have a seasoned executive, entrepreneur, and board director um, who is going to talk with me about this newest artificial intelligence sensation, we'll call it, uh, but a chat box that is uh, sweeping the nation. Some of you have heard of it, Chat GPT. It's in it's just about every newscast. There's something uh, being talked about with it. And so I'm delighted to invite uh, and, and have this chat with Andy Canales. Uh, please welcome Andy. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you and, and the audience. Yes, thank you. And so, uh, Andy, I know you've uh, most recently uh, served in the role as Executive Director of Latinos for Education in Texas, um, and you've, you've been on boards. I know also that you started your career as a public school teacher uh, in Miami, and you've been in New York City. So you've had a range of, of experiences, I know background, in, in science ed, um, but also in political science and in, in management. So um, just a, a, a myriad of experiences. And so exactly the person I like to talk to on topics like this and others. And so uh, let me just start because you, you know, you, you're, you're not uh, kind of the, the typical, uh, as I said earlier, uh, tech nerd, as, as many of us are, but we, we are, are not uh, formally tech nerds in terms of degrees and, and, and experience, but a lot, of, a lot of interest in the technology. And so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to, um, to be at a place where you're, you're talking to people about ChatGPT and what it has to offer. Absolutely. Well, like many of us, my story begins with my family. They immigrated from El Salvador in the 1980s, uh, fleeing the Civil War there. They came to Los Angeles. That's where I was born and raised. I grew up in the inner city, L.A., and what was transformative for me was during the summers, I used to help my mom clean houses in the wealthy parts of Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Bel Air, etc., and that opened my eyes to a different world that than the one I was used to growing up in. And so my dream as a little kid became to go to a school in a quote wealthy neighborhood, end quote, one day. And that for me was UCLA and Bel Air or Pepperdine and Malibu, both universities where my mom and I used to take those the public bus and, and go by these schools. 
And uh, long story short, I was able to accomplish that dream, and I attended and graduated from Pepperdine in Malibu, California, in the mm-hmm. same neighborhood where I grew up cleaning houses in. So for the last 14 years, I've led a career in the education sector in a variety of roles. And after leading a national nonprofit organization in Houston, I decided to step down and pursue a one-year full-time MBA for mid-career executives at MIT Sloan School of Management. And it was while I was at MIT this past year that ChatGPT was released. And I don't think I could have been at a better place uh, mm-hmm. to learn about this latest development than at MIT. And so um, I really, uh, the excitement really got to me and, uh, and it was just uh, really thrilling to be a part of conversations around this new technology. And it's opened my eyes to all kinds of possibilities that I think are going to exist for us personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and uh, uh, exactly uh, what, I, what I thought and how I framed it, uh, that your experiences are really, uh, sound like they're really application-based and practical, um, that this is not theory for you, but how, how to use it and, and, and what some of the pros and cons are. So I, I want to get started with, uh, so you were at MIT, this, this uh, chatbot gets introduced. And for those of you who may have missed an earlier show over the last, I'm going to say because time flies, it was in the last year or two um, here on Perkins Platform, uh, we had someone come in and talk about what artificial intelligence is and is not. So, you know, a lot of us have seen movies, and we think about robots and about beings that uh, exist and talk to you and, and interact in the kind of a real physical sense. But uh, the reality is that it's a, a computer program with a lot of data and information that it uses to make predictions about what you, what's next or what, you, what you're asking for. And so, um, as I, so I, I actually posted on, on LinkedIn that when I first heard about ChatGPT, it was called ChatGPT3. Uh, and then I swear it was probably 10 days later, but certainly under two weeks later, then I heard that ChatGPT4 came out. And, and they were talking about it. I don't know what we're up to now. I think we may be still at four. But I remember them saying um, that this is going really fast. There are improvements happening every day. Um, and just remember being a part of conversations about it. So uh, just at the risk of being the only person that doesn't know a lot about it, I'm going to ask the question. Tell me what really chat GPT is, because I know describing it as a chat bot to me is when you go on these websites and they have these people, the, I say people, the artificial box that comes up and says, how can I help you? That's what I think of when it says uh, chat bot. So tell me just at its base, what is chat GPT? ChatGPT is essentially a large language model, uh, and what that means is that it's trained on uh, vast amounts of, of text data to be able to understand and generate human-like language. So think about all of the books 
the articles, the websites that have been published. And imagine that there's something that knows all of that and is trained to predict the next word. Um, so they're designed to learn patterns, grammar, and semantic relationships in language through a process called deep learning. And so we're in a unique point in time in, in history in that we have so much information that has been recorded, and especially with the, with the age of the Internet over the last several decades, that now we're at a position where we're able to create large language models that can take all of this information. And when we enter a sentence or ask a question, because it's trained on this vast amount of information, it could you know, very well, not in all instances, but predict or give you a response that's, that, that predicts what the next word is in a sentence based on the data that's been trained on. Ah, I see. So, um, so you, it's interesting. You say all of the websites that there are, and all of kind of the digital information that's out there. Well, ChatGPT, uh, I believe OpenAI, which is an organization that has uh, published ChatGPT, I don't think they've shared exactly what uh, uh, text data the language model has been trained on. It has taken into account articles and books and websites and large portions of the Internet. Hmm, gotcha. That's fascinating. And and so um, what, what version are we on now? So it says, you know, chat. So I told you I, the last I heard, it's four. Yep. I believe yep. we're still – we're on four. Uh, so I yep that and the first one obviously that came out I believe was three point five but we're we're at four now. Okay okay um, and and so tell me how does when you when you first were introduced to it how did you get started with it like what is it really easy to uh, you know you sign up for an account I know I've seen that um, tell me so what's what's next and. And is there kind of like secret formulas to it? I'm going to share actually with you a, a, a story I have. Um, but just how do, how do you get started with it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it all started for me. I was sitting in class in the fall of last year. And I viv- I'll never forget this moment. There was a student that got up in the middle of the class and told the professor, I just want to share that a revolutionary technology was just released today, and it's called ChatGPT. And the professor said, what? ChatGPT? And wrote it on the board. And I was so stunned that this student interrupted the class to share that. And then the, I think the professor had a similar reaction. The next class, the professor came back, and he was stunned because he went on ChatGPT and started asking questions about himself and the work that he's published and the chatbot was able to give them some very sophisticated answers. And after mm. I saw those examples, I went online and created a profile, and I just started asking it questions. And I very quickly saw that the responses that it was giving me were more sophisticated um, and at a higher level than something I would be able to find through a traditional search engine like Google. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it, it's it's kind of Google on steroids. So it, it you ask it questions and um I, and it 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 gives you more detail rather than uh, Google may just point you in the direction 
and give you, you know, decipher something that it found on a website. But it sounds like, from what you're saying, there's a synthesis of sorts with ChatGPT. Brian, that's exactly right. In fact, as you were talking, I was thinking about Bloom's taxonomy, right? And me being a former teacher, I remember, you know, I used to have some of my students do activities that require them to list things, right? But a higher yeah. level order of thinking task would require someone to synthesize information. And that's how I think of Google versus ChatGPT. Google mm-hmm. can return to me a list of things. ChatGPT can take all that information all of those lists and essentially synthesize and analyze information for me. Yes. Yes. Um, So a story I was going to tell you, one of my colleagues at the university who uh, actually is an expert in the area of, of uh, doing research on large databases. Um, And so he's used to manipulating data and information and making sense out of it. Um, he came to actually one of our faculty meetings, and um, he had been studying it of, of sorts and, and uh, learned some of the language. Now, he, his knowledge of how to ask questions uh, was pretty advanced. And so he started out by saying, so there's a certain way that I'm talking to it today that Six months ago, you couldn't talk to it in this way. You couldn't ask it these kinds of questions. You had to ask it in very specific ways. And so, but since that time, just a few months have passed, you're almost at the point where you can ask it questions just like you would ask a person standing in front of you. So he, he showed a prompt that he gave uh, ChatGPT, and it, it, it um, spread out a a pretty sophisticated response, as you said. But what that wasn't even what blew me away, because before I could get a chance to say, wow, he said, wait, I want to show you um, what happens next. And he said, okay, chat GPT, what you gave me, kind of like your response was too vague. I need you to be more specific about, say, this particular area, and tell me how this compares to X, Y, and Z. And lo and behold, it went and worked on that. And again, something else comes out that is exactly what he said about uh, that he wanted something more specific and, um, and um, comparing it to another area. And that just absolutely blew me away um, that it was that sophisticated. What are some of the other areas that you've seen that are just surprisingly sophisticated for you know, kind of the average person like myself who is used to doing things like Google searches um, that, you, that you've seen happen using ChatGPT? Yeah, I think the example that you gave is a really good one in terms that you can ask ChatGPT to give you feedback and and ask it from what point of view. You know, you could ask it to write something to you from a point of view of a journalist or, you know, or a a different role. And uh, ChatGPT, people can use it for so many different things. You can use it to revise your resume. If, if you're applying for a specific role in a certain industry, you can ask it to review the bullet points on your resume 
from that particular perspective. You can ask it to give you feedback that would resonate with a hiring manager in that industry. You know, normally you have to pay someone for that level of feedback and those services. You can ask ChatGPT to synthesize information and put it to you in table format. Um, That could be really helpful in terms of summarizing large amounts of information that you may need for a presentation or something of that sort. You can ask ChatGPT to revise um, your writing, to suggest uh, itineraries, to do lots of different things. And I think the best way for people to figure out what would be the most helpful for them is just simply to create a profile and experiment with it. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like it's, uh, it's, you know, at least it's free for now. Um, and, and are there, are there different entry points where there are paid services as a part of it, or is it just all open? So the 3.5 version of ChatGPT is free. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it may be slower, um, at different times due to high usage or the, the training data that was used for ChatGPT 3.5, I believe, ends on December of 2021. So it doesn't have the most up-to-date information. Gotcha. Uh, the next version, I believe, um, just works faster and then also has the feature where you can use plugins. And that is an area where uh, there are so many plugins that have been released that you, you could really boost your productivity depending on how you use those two tools with yeah. the paid version that I believe is about $20 a month. Okay. So tell me, so what's a plug-in? What would that look like? Yeah, so a plug-in is, is basically um, something, that, uh, a technology that a third-party provider has created that you can integrate into ChatGPT that will allow you to perform tasks faster. So, you know, I, I think um, there are some plug-ins related to travel um, for instance, where you can plug in, um, you know, a certain travel company and you can ask it, you can use ChatGPT with that plugin to create itineraries on your, on your trip that you may take or restaurants that you may want to visit. So it's just a faster way of doing things. And it kind of just depends on, on the, the um, resources or the products that you're used to using and whether those companies have created plugins that you can now integrate and use on chat GPT for. Well, it really sounds like it'll do a lot. So tell me just kind of shifting a bit, um, thinking about what you've seen and what you've heard, because I've, I've listened on television and, and radio and that there's some people who are really excited about, the possibilities. There are others uh, that are saying that this is something that is dangerous, um, and yet others that are are speculating about its impact on society that uh, that will take us down the wrong pathway, uh, particularly in education. Uh, saying that it's going that students are going to write papers now that are chat GPT. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but that are really chat GPT, and they, they won't know how to write. They won't know how to think for themselves. They can ask chat GPT to do things for them. 
So I want to ask you, someone with, uh, with considerably more experience out there, that uh, what your thoughts are. How do you feel about it? I mean, you've, you've used it and obviously have plans to use it responsibly and, and thoughtfully, but um, what, what have you thought about long-term implications of the technology itself? Well, I definitely have concerns and fears, just like a lot of people, given its potential impact. As you mentioned, um, Goldman Sachs a few years ago estimated that 400 to 800 million jobs will be lost to AI by 2030, and that was even before ChatGPT came on the scene. OpenAI, which created ChatGPT, estimates that 19% of jobs are going to be disrupted and four-fifths of jobs are going to be impacted in some way by AI-driven technologies like ChatGPT. And so ChatGPT and the AI-powered technologies behind it will um, impact our lives and shape society. And I think there are, there's a lot of risks that we need to manage from the classroom to the government to our democracy. Uh, but I think uh, I, I think that we have a choice whether we run away from this technology and hope that it doesn't disrupt our lives too severely or we embrace it. And I look at what other countries are doing. So the UK wants to be a leader in, in AI, and so they've created uh, or they've set a goal of, of producing a thousand AI-focused PhDs. The United Arab Emirates has established a cabinet um, at the nationwide level specifically focused on artificial intelligence and has set a goal for upskilling one-third of its STEM uh, student graduates in AI. And Singapore has uh, outlined an AI-driven strategy for education as well. So I think there's other countries that we can look to that are setting an example of how they can take this technology and make the best out of it and ensure, given its potential impact on the workforce, that students are able to use it to be able to move ahead in life. Yeah. I've sat in on conversations where um, colleagues have said that uh, they feel that the government is is more, um, in the U.S. at least, reactionary and not really getting out ahead of it and 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 um, planning for regulations, trying to regulate it or uh, put some guardrails up. What are your thoughts about that? Are we, are we doing enough to to uh, ensure that uh, it's not misused, or is that kind of the you know how we discover uh, the real benefit? Uh, maximum benefits of the technology, of any technology. Um, Do you think we're doing enough in that area? No, I don't think we're doing enough. Um, And because I see what other countries are doing. And, um, and I think that the, the risk of not doing enough is that the students who are low income will be further behind. Mm -hmm. And so the students who are, middle to upper that come from middle to upper income families i imagine what's going to happen is they're going to become well versed in knowing how to use chat gpt technology type of technology and know how to use it well right. and whereas other students 
who may not have access to this resource or may be shielded from that will fall further behind. And I think that um, knowing how to use this will be a 21st century uh, skill. And, And I think we need to do more to expose students and to change our system so that we are still teaching students critical thinking skills alongside how to use this powerful technology. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and so just even hearing you mention a few things I'd love to jump into quickly, um, especially around the jobs lost, um, because I've heard about the jobs lost, but I've also heard about jobs that are going to be created. So um, one, let, let me start with um, the jobs lost that um, I've heard and read that um, we are one day we're going to be able to ask chat GPT or some AI uh, system to um, create programs for us. So we, we might say create uh, a program that does, uh, that allows me to enter um, a city and it will give me all of the, uh, the, the things that I can do in two hours on a bicycle, right? So, um, and it will do that. That's where people have said it's going. You're, you're not going to have to know the coding. So what are your thoughts um, in, in terms of the outlook for where we've had so many kids doing, you know, kids code and coding camp? Um, does it seem like we – We've, we've now, for the last five to ten years, been preparing kids for something that's going to be finished and over before they even finish high school. I think those skills that people have developed or students have developed to this point are going to serve as a strong foundation mm-hmm. uh, for knowing how to use AI-powered technologies like ChatGPT. Um, you know, I've heard several people in business or experts say, you know, your people aren't going to be replaced by AI, but they're going to be replaced by other people who know how to use AI very well. And so if, when you log on to chat GPT and you start to use it, you see very quickly that it, it's power depends on how well you write and you write an initial prompt and how well you give it feedback. And so if someone knows how to code, for instance, they're going to be better prepared to manipulate the technology that will be able to automatically create websites that won't require as much extensive coding. But knowing how to write well, knowing how to revise content, knowing how to code will equip someone to be able to ask uh, more sophisticated questions that can lead a chat GPT type of technology to produce better results. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's really more about how to think about it versus uh, actually having to program. Because what on the side of of what you were saying about jobs being created, um, it, I've read and heard and and been in conversation with people that have also talked about um, AI prompt engineers. That that's a a career, and I've seen online people advertising for programs and workshops and certifications uh, as uh, a prompt engineer. Um, And so uh, one interesting piece about that as well is that 
when I initially heard, let's say six months ago or maybe eight months ago, people talking about prompt engineering, um, that then I, within two or three months of that, them saying, well, where chat, where these, where AI is going is that it's getting smarter and smarter where there's really not going to be a specific language that it's going to figure out from con- conversational uh, uh, exchanges that you would be able to get what you want out of it. So what are your thoughts about that as a, as a career option also um, as, as people move uh, towards thinking about how they can get in the AI uh, world? Well, I think, I, I think what's, what's a powerful combination right now for people to think about is how do they take their domain expertise or what's something that they have experience in, whether that's education, engineering, um, architecture, business, et cetera. And then so that's one part that people, a lot of people already have. But secondly is how do you write prompts? that can help manipulate this technology to give you what you want that's going to help you accomplish a goal faster. Mm-hmm. And that is a part of the training that I think uh, you're seeing a lot of offerings around a lot. But yes. the powerful is any of us can become better by just simply playing with the technology, which is available to all of us. Gotcha, gotcha. And so uh, what would be your advice uh, to leaders um, about how, I know you said, you know, play around with it. Anything else you offer uh, in terms of uh, people who are in leadership roles about uh, uh, wondering how to integrate that into uh, how they, their, their leadership practice? Experiment with it. Look up online templates with different prompts that can give you even more ideas about how to manipulate the technology Follow people on Twitter that um, are constantly posting about this. Sign up for at least one newsletter um, related to AI. And I think all of those things will stimulate people to think further about how they can apply it to their practice and their work. Yes, thank you. I know that there's uh, uh, at least one or two uh, universities that are offering um, uh, prompt engineering um, courses and seminars. Uh, I'm sure people out there will be able to, to uh, investigate those. They're probably also a good place to look. Um, Andy, this has been so helpful. I know you've, you've really shared a lot, and I appreciate you coming on to do that. Uh, really helped um, clear some things up for me and helped me understand what this is and what it's about. Uh, a really good start. Uh, tell me, I know you, you've written a few things about ChatGPT, and I'm sure um, you probably have some other plans. How can people find you, follow you? Where should they look for um, work that you're doing? Absolutely. They can uh, follow me on LinkedIn, Andy Canales, C-A-N-A-L-E-S, and also on Twitter, Andy A. Canales. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, and I appreciate everything you've uh, shared today, and I'm wishing you the best. Go well, stay well. Thank you so much, Brian. I've really enjoyed the conversation, and best wishes to everyone. Thank you.